0: Good morning. It's good to have you here. With my, my name's Nathan Hinkle, I'm the lead pastor, so I get to be up here with you every couple weeks or so. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just like we rehearse these things for a reason, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. So we are in a series called Seeking, and what we're talking about over the last few weeks and for a couple more weeks is is practices, these practices, and there are some that tune us in to God's voice in our life, that practices that you and I can do that will, will bend our heart towards what the Holy Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. Now, we call these spiritual disciplines, okay? That's the word that we use or a phrase, spiritual disciplines, and spiritual disciplines, these practices that tune us into God's heart, they really aren't about trying. And I think this is a really important point. They aren't about trying, but they're more about training. So let me, let me kind of differentiate the two here. You may start out, of course, by saying, if I want to pray more, you will start out, or maybe pray at all, you'll start out by trying to pray more. All right, And that's very natural. All right, you, If you want to serve people, be a servant, as we talked about last week. You will start out by trying to find opportunities to serve more, okay? But in trying to pray or trying to do these things, you will, in seeking God through those practices, all right, you'll eventually, in trying, get frustrated toward wanting to quit. So if I tried to go out here in the lobby or try to go out here on the sidewalk and hop on a skateboard, if I were to try skateboarding right now, all right, it would be ugly, uglier than what you just saw Andy do up here, all right? It would be a disaster, all right? Because I don't know how, and I'd be hopping on that thing, and, and I would, I would, there'd be blood in the parking lot because that's how that would turn out. If I tried to, you, you know, start strumming on Randy's keyboards here, I don't play the piano, okay? I could try, and it would sound horrible, okay? It would be, it would be a failure, all right? But if I train, if I train in prayer, if I train to be a servant, then I'm able to trust God through the, through the hills and the valleys of that. I can, I'm able to, to, to trust God to sustain me through the times that I don't feel like praying or through the times that I don't feel like I've got the time to serve others. And in that, in that, in the, in that training, right, then sh- while trying is short-term, trying is short-term, training is lifelong, and there has to come a time in every Christian's life, in every disciple's journey, where we decide to stop trying to be better Christians, and we start training in seeking Jesus. So today, the spiritual discipline we're going to be talking about is simplicity. Simplicity, all right? And the big idea is that God is enough. God is enough. Now... The idea of simplicity, all right, is usually very far from our minds as a spiritual practice, right? Not only is it one of the furthest things sometimes from our minds as a spiritual practice, but it's really almost a foreign concept in the way that we live our lives. Most of us will actually spend most of our time trying to make our lives easier, but not necessarily simpler, okay? So... And ironically, this is ironic, ironically, in chasing easy, when you want to go to chase easy, we actually make our lives more complex. And and you know this is true. So I'm just going to point out a few examples. Um, Technology is the culprit for most of it, all right? We chase after things that make our life easier. Um, With technology, we chase after things that make our life life less stressful. But in return, what do you usually get? More stress. I have an app on my phone, and some of you do too, called Life360, and it tells me where my kids are all the time. It tells me where they are all the time, how fast they were driving to get to wherever it is they're going, when they left someplace, when they arrived someplace. It's terrible, all right? They hate it, and I hate it, all right? It's like causes anxiety, all right? You, know, you send, it, you send a, a, a text message, or you send us a snap, right? And you, can, and you say to yourself, Well, I can see that she opened my snap. Why isn't she responding? I can see that they read my text message. Why aren't they responding? They're mad at me. They're mad at me. It's so rude. And it just causes this anxiety. There used to be a time, this will blow your mind, when you weren't home and somebody rang your doorbell, do you remember what you used to do? Nothing. But now you've got cameras. And now you've got an app that tells you someone's ringing your doorbell. And then you've got a camera. So you like, well, who's that? Are they even a passenger? Are they stealing a package? I don't know. I, have you ever seen this person before? Like, And it just causes... You, we have alerts that pop up on our phone to tell us when Meyer is having a sale, when Kohl's is having a sale, when Air Apostle is having a sale. I don't even know how I got on that list. <laughs> All right? You get weather alerts. You get news alerts. You get alert alerts. You, I mean, there's just... Phones are going off nonstop to tell us stupid stuff that we don't really care about. It's stressful. And by trying to make our lives more easier, what have we done? We've made it more complex and far more stressful. When we try to make our lives easier, we think by getting and keeping more more money, right? That's a thing. We want to earn more, we want to keep more of what we earn. And the more money we have, the more complex our lives get. We work longer hours, we go into more debt. All right, we have to ensure more stuff, right? And the more we have, the more we feel pressure, and the more we feel guilty when we're not using the things we bought because we bought the stupid thing, right? It's stressful. And the more we try to accumulate, the more complex our lives get. And we work to control how others view us, and we work hard at that. We work to buy more stuff. We work to seek out relationships that we think will get us to a certain plane, We pad our retirement as much as possible. And why do we do all that? Because we want to make our lives easier. We want to make our lives more fulfilled. And all we get is more complexity. It's like this dark cloud that just kind of looms over our head that we're trying to outpace, we're trying to outrun, and every time we look up, it's just right there on our backs. So complexity is bondage, but what we're going to find is simplicity is freedom. Complexity brings anxiety and fear, but simplicity brings joy and balance in our lives. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, he says this of simplicity. He says, simplicity is an inward reality That results in an outward lifestyle. Both the inward and outward aspects of simplicity are essential. Experiencing this inward reality liberates us outwardly. So, who in here doesn't want to be liberated? So, Jesus is gonna talk about this. And in fact, as we get through it, you're gonna see that Jesus actually talks about this idea and practice of simplicity. He talks about it a lot. And you see it modeled in him. You see him talk about, the, you see this inward simplicity in his life. And as you see his words and his actions, you see this outward expression of simplicity to, to the greatest degree you've ever seen it. So I want to look at a passage in Matthew. It's a, rather, it's a somewhat popular passage if you're familiar with Jesus' teachings, but if you're not, it, it, it's actually a very practical example that he gives in the time he's teaching. Matthew records it in his narrative of Jesus' life, and I want to start in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, I ask you to turn there. If you're uh, watching online with us, and if you've got a Bible nearby, if you get your phone out, you've got a Bible app on there perhaps. If you don't have a Bible, we have them at the hub out here. So at when you get it done, go out in the lobby, grab a Bible. We'd love to give that to you, okay? Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25. This is Jesus' words. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now, if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So there's two main points I want to focus on here with you this morning. This inward reality of simplicity okay? And to practice simplicity as a way for us to grow nearer to God's heart, you must know first this thing here, that what we have, we receive as a gift, okay? A life-changing lens for you and for me. What we have, we receive as a gift, okay? What does that mean? What we have, God has provided to us. Now, you say, Speaking of simplicity, that seems overly simplistic, right? Yeah, what we have, it's God's, all right? God's provided. We see just saying about it. That's pretty obvious, right? Well, let's, let's, look at, let's look at that. We lack simplicity in our lives. And I say we, and I mean all of us. We lack simplicity in our lives because we believe that we have to acquire every good thing in this life. Now, we read Jesus talk about the ancient people. You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus is speaking to a specific culture, and we see that these people worried about their clothes. Does that surprise you? They worried about their clothes. What are they going to wear? Are they going to have it? They worried about their food. They worried about their their food supply. Well, that's an interesting one over the last couple years, isn't it? They found stress And anxiety, and thinking about how they were gonna sustain their lifestyle and provide for their families. Does that sound familiar? I would love for you just to pause for a second here, and do this if you're listening or watching online right now or later this week. I want you just to pause and think about the top three things that cause you the most stress and worry in your life right now. Think about it. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. Just think about it. What are the top three? Are they not things that you believe you worked hard for? Are any one of those three things that you believe that you've earned or you have the right to experience? Perhaps one of those or two or all three of the things that are popping into your mind right now, even as I'm talking. Perhaps that's something that's been threatened in the last couple of years or nearly lost or maybe was lost. You see, we're modern people. we're not Jesus' audience. We're modern people, and yet we wear ourselves out, and we wear out our families and our kids and our wallets and our credit and our calendars and our relationships, all in attempt to grab something good or something better. We're modern people. We don't struggle with the things that Jesus just talked about. You see, there's an outward reality of a spiritual problem that we have. And that is you and I are terrible at receiving. We're terrible at it. We lack divine center. We lack a connection to the heart of our Heavenly Father. And because we lack that, we have a need for security that has led us to an insane attachment to things. See, all of us have, and many of us will try to achieve, but few of us will ever truly receive. That's devastating to my heart. See, our enemy. We have an enemy, and I mean, you, maybe you don't believe that today, and, that, and that's okay. That you don't. I, I, I pray that someday you will. That we have an enemy, a spiritual enemy, the devil, who creeps in and steals away our security from God's provision in your life, and he's whispering things to us all the time: social media, other people, culture. It doesn't matter all the time. He's whispering things that says, what you have, whatever it is, it's not enough. It's not going to get you to where you want to be. Oh, they've got more than you. They've got something that you don't have. How does that make you feel? You're going to miss out. Fear of missing out, right? It's what's bred through social media. Oh, if you don't go along, if you don't get it, you're going to miss out. Or maybe this one. This feels right when you hear it whispered in your ear. Man, what's yours is yours. You worked hard for it. You earned it. You see, complexity masquerades as ease, doesn't it? Make your life easier. Chase after the things that will make our lives easier. And all we get's complex. And ease is a dirty, rotten liar and a horrible substitute for simplicity. God does the giving, and here's something that you need to know. God does the giving, and he gives what you need to sustain you and bless your life. He owns it all. This is what Jesus' is pointing. God owns it all, he takes care of it, and he's eager. I don't know if you ever knew this, your heavenly father is eager to clothe you with the stuff that he wants to give you. He wants to do that for you. But sadly, and it breaks my heart, many of us will, will never go to those deeper places with our heavenly father. Many of us will never connect more deeply to, to the heart of God because we'll never receive from him the provision he offers. We're terrible receivers. Solomon, G- Jesus mentions him. Solomon was a king of Israel who lived um, some 900 years before Jesus was born. All right, And the, and the writers of, the, of, of Israel's history in the Old Testament of our Bible tells us that Solomon was Israel's greatest, wisest, and wealthiest kings. He had like 700 wives and 300 concubines, which is insane. Um, and it would be really hard to, for, to memorize birthdays. <laughs> so he wasn't necessarily the luckiest guy, but he was, he was rich, okay? And he sought, I mean, the Bible says, and he actually says, as Solomon, as a writer himself, says, I sought after all kinds of pleasure and wealth. And luxuries, and then in in the book of Ecclesiastes, he admits that he lost his way, and he says this in chapter seven and verse twenty-nine. He says, "God made men and women true and upright; we're the ones who have made a mess of things." Church, man, we've made a mess. I mean, we've made a mess of things. We're house poor. We're 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 college poor. We're we're boat poor. We're cramming so much into our calendars. There's not a person in here that's not calendar poor. I'd made that phrase up, but it's it's. I mean, don't you feel like, don't you look at your schedule starting tomorrow morning and just feel impoverished? I mean, we're hurting. We're hurting. We live in the most anxiety-filled, stressed-out, over-medicated culture in modern times, and some of those are medically legitimate. And so many of them, we've just made a mess of things. It's a rat race that you and I are in for grabbing more leisure and more retirement and more things to do and more plans for the future. And guys, I'm just telling you from my heart to yours, it's too complex. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You cannot sustain it, and it's eroding our hearts from the inside out. There's a Danish theologian named Søren Kierkegaard, and he says, he says this, and, and, it, and it really kind of fascinates me. He says, Riches and abundance come hypocritically clad in sheep's clothing, pretending to be security against anxieties, and they become then the object of anxiety. They secure a man against anxieties just about as well as the wolf, which is put to tending the sheep, secures them against the wolf. Simplify your life. Stop striving for achieving and start training in the practice of receiving. If God provides the very basics for birds and flowers, please hear this, it's not condescending, but I don't think Jesus intended it to be at all. He wanted it to be an obvious point. If God cares for the basics of birds and flowers, how much more do you think your heavenly Father will provide for you everything you, his son, or you, his daughter, needs from him? And the level at which you know that in the level at which you trust that, in the level at which you receive that, that is the level which will, where which you will be guided to deeper places into the interior of God's heart. But you have to make a decision. God is enough. Now here is where that inward simplicity begins to kind of manifest itself Outward. So if the first one is to to be working into a a lifestyle of simplicity, a spiritual practice of simplicity, that you acknowledge that what we have is a gift that we've received, here's the second thing. What we have is available for others. Did you know what we have is available for for others? Did you know that Jesus talks more about economics in his three years of ministry than than any other single social issue? He talks about economics all the time right? He's consistently teaching on this, what what we might call the theology of enough. The theology, the study of God, of enough. So how God is enough, all right? The theology of enough. In Luke chapter 16, um, Jesus plainly points out, he says, you cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve both. You have to choose. Matthew chapter 6, same chapter we're in now, but a little bit before that, it says, you cannot store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but instead store up for yourself treasures in heaven, the things that will store up things in God's heart and in yours. Right? Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, man's, man's, a man's life, a woman's life does not consist of the abundance of her possessions. And on and on and on, Jesus goes to talk about the economy of our heart and our lifestyles. You see, we believe, and we want to believe as Americans, specifically as as Westerners, we want to believe that we can follow Jesus and have and hold tightly to everything else. But I'm telling you, and and I don't like this any more than you do, Jesus argues the opposite. Later on in that passage that we just read in verse 32, he says, for pagans, and and the word pagan there just means non-believers, okay? For pagans, in this case, it would be the, the Gentile Greeks and Romans, Right, because he's speaking to a predominantly Jewish audience at this time. He says, For the pagans run after these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, so simplicity isn't about a lifestyle of going, of how much do I have to do to get ahead? How, what do I have to do to get more? Where do I have to go to the next thing? That's not simplicity. See, I, complexity concerns itself with those things. And those who chase after an easy life that make it more complex, they're the ones that chase after those things. But you, you, son, daughter of God, simplicity is about what am, I, what am I gonna do right now in this moment, in this season with what God has given me? That's simplicity. What am I gonna do right now in this moment with what God has provided to me today? How will I trust God today? That's, that's simplicity, that's simplicity. See, simplicity reorients our lives. See, this is where we start gaining. We say simplicity reorients re- our lives so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed without destroying our hearts, Simplicity sets us free to receive things from God's provision as a gift and frees us to be able to share them with other people. Simplicity creates margin, something that most of us do not have, in our wallets and in our calendars, to respond to others in need. And it opens our eyes to serve needs before people ever even have to ask See, simplicity declutters our lives and it erodes worry and it fills us with contentment and joy and balance that you cannot achieve, but you can only receive. God is enough, isn't He? So what does the spiritual discipline of, of simplicity look like in your day-to-day? You know, there's, there's a list in, in Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, and I want to point out a few of them here real simply to you. Here's the first thing that practical outward living of simplicity could look like here. This is the first one. It says, buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. Reject anything that is producing an addiction in you. Develop a habit of giving things away. Leave margin in your week to serve someone without any possibility of reciprocation. There's the caveat. Learn to enjoy things without owning them. That's simple. Number six, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. See, that's Jesus' words as we wrapped up that passage I read just several moments ago. In verse 33, this is Jesus. what Jesus says. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Listen, church, the central idea of simplicity is to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That is the central idea of simplicity. Jesus sought after God's heart, First, inwardly, Jesus had to cling to simplicity. I mean, you, you, you need to see that as you read through God's word. Jesus had to cling to the theology of what God had given him was enough. Jesus had to cling to the theology of receiving all that he needed from God, because outwardly, he knew that he was going to have to go to the cross for you and me. He knew that was coming, and he took it willingly, gladly to take on your punishment for sin and for mine. Now, it wasn't easy. Don't make no mistake, it wasn't easy. Okay, it cost him something. And church, disciples, sons, daughters of God, it's gonna cost you something too. It's gonna cost you something too. It cost him his time, it cost him resources, it cost him relational equity, all right? It It took sacrifice, it cost him his life. It wasn't easy, but it was simple. And grace is pretty simple. Oh, man, we've made a mess of that too. All right, and I'm telling you now, don't get caught up in the complexity of feel-good religion or guilt-based religion or rules-based religion or family-origin-based religion because you cannot seek righteousness. That's not what he said. You cannot seek forgiveness. Don't start your spiritual journey by seeking simplicity. No, don't don't make that mistake. You seek God's heart first. And primarily, and through the discipline of simplicity, you'll see the beauty of his heart being poured into yours. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate baptisms here. And if you've never received Jesus through faith and in baptism. If you've never surrendered yourself and said, I don't believe at all, I don't even understand it all, but one thing I know is that I need saved. I need a savior. I believe that God loves me, and I believe that Jesus is the way. And if you've never made that decision as a believing person, taking that step of faith, come to see us down front here after the service. We're going to be celebrating baptisms next week, and we want you to join us. Here's what I want you to do. Simplicity. Everything you have, receive it as a gift from God. It's not yours. That will change your life. Be available for other people because what's yours from him is for you to share. Take a step this week, don't don't delay, to declutter your life and make more room for what's important to God. Pray with me. Father, God, I thank you that grace is so simple. But in my mind, Father, it's so complicated. Because guilt and shame and doubt and disbelief, Father, just, just clutter my, my heart sometimes. First and foremost, Father, I pray that we would know that, we are, that we're your kids and that you love us. And there's nothing that will take that away. Thank you that you made grace so simple. Help us, Father, to declutter our lives and seek simplicity that only comes from you, that only comes from your heart, that only comes from your word, that only comes from your spirits. May we receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.